Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. First of all, covered, I could get into it. Not really. Do you know what, though? It's more... When I know I can get out of it, I won't be claustrophobic. But if you uh, maybe okay. locked me in a suitcase or a, in a boot of a car or something like that, then oh, I we panic. should definitely do that next. We should push you in the boot of your car once and see how long you no, can last. Without. I know what you would do. You'd forget to take me out of it. I'll give you your apple and I'd leave. All right, see you later. Bye now. Bye, 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 bye. Yeah, and it would work for about 10 minutes until I actually died. Let's not do that. Yeah, I'm going to try it though the next time I am claustrophobic like I'd find that when I'm flying maybe a bit that I would uh, but, but, find but, but, which the whole experience like, a bit why because a few people have said oh, maybe it's to do with making you feel like you're out in nature um, and, and maybe does it does it uh, does it make you think of sitting under an oak tree in a meadow by a stream on a picnic blanket oh lovely I don't it, I actually it doesn't go into detail it said they also found similar uh, with cucumbers <laughs> So, and it's smelling those. We like, might we it, might get someone on to tell us it, more. Is it just because um, I'm wondering? Is it just smell in general, or as does it have to be those fruity smells? It, it's in general, so it's apparently got nothing to do with the the visual. Like it's not the green color or anything like that. It's it's because I'm like smell. if so someone maybe. let rip in the room that you were in, you probably forget <laughs> that you were trapped in the lift. You're like, oh, for God's sake, man, that's a rip. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah, in a bad way. Yeah. I mean, it's worth a try, isn't it? <laughs> Loads of research to be doing now. So we'll get you in your boot as soon as we're back into the studio and then we'll try it once and see how long you can last and then we'll see if you can last longer with an apple. Yeah. I mean, I'll try it once you let me out. But I need to get the, the, the fear of being stuck inside somewhere and not being able to get out. And mm. I want to see if it will help in any way. Yeah. I would definitely be up for trying that. Right, so if you're claustrophobic, there you go. Smell a green apple next time you're freaking out. It also means you'll have to have a green apple on you at all times. But who knows, it might help. But apparently it helps you change your perception of the size of the space in the room you're in and has been used to treat people um, with claustrophobia. Madness, right? Still to come on the show, Venustrophobia. What exactly is that? Usually, on the majority of the time, will only affect men. We'll be talking about that a little bit later on. Next, though, why are young people in under the age of 25 having less sex than their parents did when they were that age or their grandparents? So if this is you, if you're under the age of 25, uh, apparently you're not having as much of it. And what can you do about that and why? Dr. Jennifer Wider, a resident medical professional, she'll be on next to explain. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. 
Cormac and Saoirse here. Every Monday we like to bring on the experts. We like to bring on our resident medical expert to share her insights and her infinite knowledge and wisdom. Uh, we're delighted to welcome back live from New York City, the wonderful Dr. Jennifer Wider. How are things, Doc? Thanks, guys. What a nice intro. I think I'm going to print it out on a T-shirt for myself when I need to <laughs> oh, do it. Oh, you will laminate it for you and send it over if you want. <laughs> I would appreciate that. Thank you. All is well. I'm actually pretty surprised to hear that young Americans are having much less sex than their predecessors, to be honest. Um, very, very interesting well. trend. No, because I hear this and it's kind of not, not necessarily confusing, but the presumption is everyone is always doing more than it than you are. And with the younger society, which is, I would say, every generation is a little bit more liberal and a little bit freer than their older, more conservative generations. I would have thought that uh, younger people are just at each other 24-7. And I, I, I would agree with that. You know, that would be my guess with looking at the trends of what's happening with generation. And if you look at the data, it's telling us the exact opposite. So listen to this. I'm not 100% sure this is, can be, you know, uh, relayed to other countries, but this was a study in the United States. I would make a guess that other young people are having the same sort of trend. The study comes out of San Diego University. It looked at sexual activity among young Americans between the year 2000 and 2008. So we're ruling out any social distancing from the coronavirus pandemic as a factor at all. So when I first looked at this headline, that, of course, would be would be the thought, right, that everyone is separated mm. for the last three to four months, so no one's having sex. They're just having sex, you know, remotely, social distancing on their phones. But that's not the case for this study. So this study was published in a major medical journal. It took a look at, remember, as I've mentioned before on the show, if the study uh, includes about 18 people or 20 people, you can basically throw that out the window. But when it's <laughs> 9,000 people... You know, 4,000 men and 5,000 women who are, you know, took, were a, took part in this this study, we can really rely on the data because it's a, a large cohort of people. So what they noticed is that young men aged 18 to 34 and women aged 19 to 34 really had less sex than their parents and even their grandparents' generation, which is insane, Right. Crazy. Well, you would think, like, I'm coming in here thinking, right, so you have more, um, you know, help with porn. You've got more help with sex toys. You know, there's so much out there that you can incorporate into your sex life that you would think would be more experimental. I agree with you, and I think that's a good point, Sersha, because I think that, you know, we have much more of an acceptance as a global society for all sorts of different sexual activity. People talk about it more. We have sexual education. People understand safe sex. So even if they were to partake in sexual activity, you know, many people can go under the assumption that if they engage in safe sex, they're protecting themselves. So one of the reasons, and, and here are the reasons why, and this is this is really interesting. So mm. if you look at the United States, teenage pregnancy is, is, is at an all-time low. So a lot of sexual health experts and public health officials felt that people were just engaging in safe sex, but it's not that in isolation. It's also that people are just not engaging in sexual activity at all. So that lessening of the teenage pregnancy rate is way down. One of the reasons that this study cited is because they think young adults are taking longer to grow into adulthood, which is really the fault of their parents, right? So when we talk about this snowflake generation that we like to say in the United States, kids are living with their parents for longer, there are all of the activities relating to mating, reproduction, dating, living with a partner, pregnancy, birth, they're all way down. 
people are living with their parents more, they're hanging out with their parents more. It's a broader cultural trend toward delayed development to begin with. So a lot of people will graduate college and then move back in with their parents, whether it has been because of the economy or not. It precludes the, the practice of having sex with somebody else because you're living under the roof of the parents. That's that's one thing. The other that Sersha mentioned was definitely porn. What what we see in in the porn industry is that Pornography actually negatively affects people's sex lives and sex drive, right? So instead of mm. porn giving like an open door to people having sex, the libido, the sexual drive of both men and women are affected adversely if you're looking at porn all the time. And it actually affects men more than women. So what happens is, you know, if you're in a situation where you're hooking up, a lot of men that use pornography regularly find that they have a very difficult time getting aroused or getting into a sexual situation where they can complete the sexual act because they're so used to watching sex with kittens, sex with robots, sex with, you know, aliens, like all sorts of crazy stuff. So unless they're in like a college dorm room, room filled with like naked women ready to jump their bones, they can't get into the mood at all. You know what I mean? That's scary, isn't it? Does that affect them actually being turned on at all? Or, you know... Is, is porn affecting people actually having an urge to have sex? I think it depends on the person, right? So if you look at if you look at the porn habit, and the answer to that, Sarah, is it's sort of multifactorial. So you have to look at the porn habit. Porn habits can definitely cause problems in relationships if somebody is looking at porn chronically, and that's like more than three to four times a week, you know, and using that as the sole means of sort of getting off or becoming aroused. The problem with pornography is it pushes the limit a lot, and so. There's a lot of airbrushing in pornography. There are a lot of people, you know, I did an article once years ago about how some porn stars are going through, like, a lot of plastic surgery. They're, you know, and, and for lack of a better phrase, they're literally, like, bleaching their anuses. <laughs> you know, that was one of the parts of the study. Like, they're changing their bodies in such a way that is unrealistic for the average person. So when somebody gets you know, in contact with body hair or they get in contact with people whose breasts may be uneven in size or even women whose guys have, you know, their testicles are uneven. And I'm only mentioning this because 50% of the population don't have symmetrical bodies. So it's very natural for our bodies not to be these perfect images where everything is so airbrushed and perfect. And so that's where social media is. And it just, it's interesting, going back to, uh, you know, obviously the porn is a big impact, but going back to the fact that you're living at home with your parents and much, much longer, and even if you've lived out for a few years, if you want to get on the property ladder now and start saving up for a deposit, you're going back to live with your parents in maybe in your 30s and stuff like that. It'll be interesting because I'd say I'd say that that's obviously going to delay people starting families, and that might, you know, f- maybe for, for both men and women present even greater problems if they do try and start a family later on and i'm wondering like in 50 years time what what's the story with having bigger age gaps between your parents and your children you know what i mean so there's all these knock-on effects from having beautiful governments over there when our rent markets have gone absolutely insane uh, and and now it's having not only a knock-on effect on you getting on the property ladder but listen it's had a knock-on effect on your sex life which will have a knock-on effect on your your future family life it's kind of yeah and it's such a smart observation actually because we're trends that you just mentioned we're actually seeing 
seeing on the coast of this country. So in the United States, like if you live on the coast, the, the age at which you get married has changed dramatically over the, the last few generations compared to the inside of our country where it has changed, but it hasn't changed as dramatically. But along with that is fertility issues, especially as women wait, you know, once you hit the age of 35, it becomes much harder across the board for any woman to have a baby. And the same thing is true for men. Their fertility starts to drop also around 35, 40. It definitely changes family planning. It changes the use of, you know, IVF, um, assisted fertility. Without a doubt, we're seeing those trends already, and I think they're just going to continue. In addition, in addition to living with your parents and also pornography, there are also other things that are happening right now. So over the last, you know, years that that study was in effect, the economy had a huge effect, and that has to do with people moving back with their families, but there are surging anxiety rates. And as Sersha mentioned before, we're a much more open society where we talk more about sex, we talk more about sex relationships, but we're also talking more about anxiety and depression. And people are talking about that and they're becoming medicated more. So this is true globally, by the way. And just to mention, like in this pandemic, globally, the use of antidepressants has gone way up. One of the side effects of antidepressants is a less libido, lowered libido. So with more and more people on anti-anxiety medication, using things to relieve stress, smoking marijuana, taking antidepressants, all of those have a negative effect, uh, effect on people's libido. And that has contributed also to people being in the mood and having sex. The other issue, of course, is is our access to social media. There's tons of other things to do. You know, when my parents, you know, would stay out late and sneak out of the house or whatever, they're going to hook up. Now, like, you can sit in your room and binge Netflix and Hulu all you want. There's so many different options just sitting in your bed. But the other issue, of course, is this epidemic of obesity, by the way, which has a huge effect on people's libido. Huge. And the more overweight you are, the less the less of a sex drive you that you have. And this is true for both men and women. And it's also affects your fertility adversely. So all of these things are playing into the reason that people are having less sex and they're not all good. Right. So you have You're these helicopter such, parents. Such a happy <laughs> picture of the future, Jennifer. I'm just like, yeah, I know I you guys ever see the movie Wally. It's like a movie about a robot. It's, it's Disney. Yes. You may be too young for this. You, you did see it. So everybody I at the did. end was in these scooters. Remember, Sarah? They were like obese <laughs> and nobody was getting up for anything. That's oh, basically the future go. of the United States. That's <laughs> the future of the world. You know, we're not too way, far behind us. In a way, it's good. I mean, it's good for population control and all the rest of it. But for us <laughs> as people... <laughs> Like Hi, not having, How are you? Sorry, just saying, not having sex, though, surely that is going to have a negative effect on our health. Definitely. And I mean, I think, you know, I think on the whole, you know, we've talked about this before and we can talk about this going forward, What, how, you know, sex is actually part of a very good, healthy, you know, it's very healthy from a physical, mental standpoint. It's very healthy for the body. It's healthy for the mind. I think the issue is that, you know, hopefully as you know, we're in a very tumultuous time, I think, as a world population. There's a lot of stress. You know, certainly in the United States, we have a lot of political stress right now. Obviously, there are a lot of things going on. It negatively affects people's sex lives. You know, a lot of people were saying there's going to be a boon in children because of the pandemic, that everyone is just going to be having sex. And then nine months later, after the quarantine is lifted, we're going to have a whole view of like a coronavirus population. You know, not true according to the study. But hopefully, as we move forward with a with a culture that's more accepting and less stressful, some of this will lift. And, and the economy drives young people back into their homes which, of course, with, of their parents, which lessens the chance of them being able to connect physically. But 
even looking at my kids, you know, the way that they connect with their friends is not face to face. You know, this, this social yeah. media has such a negative effect on interpersonal relationships. Not saying that I want my young children going out having sex, but... You know, if they're inviting somebody over for a play date, they're not talking on the phone, they're texting. We're seeing it play into sexual health and sexual lives of people across across the globe. And it's it's something that absolutely is going to need to be addressed. And Cormac nailed it on the head. You know, we're going to see trends where people are having a hard time having children later on or starting families later on. And what that is, you know, our biological clocks haven't changed with the trends of people starting families later. So if you're over 35, you're still going to have challenges starting a family Whereas, you know, the, the marriage date was much younger, even 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, just on that then, we have good news for, you know, younger people that all your friends are claiming that they're having a lot of sex. They're not, actually. Nope. So that's good. Don't be freaking yourself nope. out. Uh, bad news is, though, we seem to be all getting uh, fatter, lazier, stuck into our phones <laughs> and having uh, less sex. And, you know what, <laughs> the human race is... And watching is porn. And watching right. porn, and we're going to have a weird future, which will all wind up going extinct because we're not we're not touching each other. <laughs> Is there any advice you would give to people to reverse this trend? You know, I think people need to pay close attention to how how much they're on social media and getting in touch with people. You know, coming out of a pandemic and a closed down for a lot of this world is, is really important that we know that, you know, social interaction is vital. And I think that, you know, we need to prioritize our bodies and our health, our mental health, our physical health and our sexual health. Having a healthy sex life is part of your overall well-being and good health. So, you know, as long as people are engaging in protected sex, unless they want to have a family, then it's very healthy and people can, you know, take precautions and have a healthy, thriving sex life. It's not something people should put on the shelf. It's, it's something that's really, really important. But I think what you said before, Cormac, is important. You know, there is stress for people and young people to think that they're having less sex, even couples. You know, if, I, if you interview young couples or even older couples and ask them how often they think their counterparts are having sex, always causes stress for people. They always think they're not having as much sex as they should. Something's wrong with their relationship. And in actuality, only 26% of couples are actually having sex, and this is couples in their 30s and 40s are only having sex once a week, by the way. The majority mm. of people in a study that I looked at were having sex twice a month was the average in married couples. So that's, you know, every other week. So people put so much stress on themselves to try to keep up, and they're not—they're stressed and not having sex, and then they're even more stressed because they're not having enough sex. Um, <laughs> people should just relax and do what's good for themselves. We're a stressful generation, I think, unfortunately, which can have some negative health consequences. But, but that's what I think. Address the stress. You know, um, try to do things that lower the amount of stress you have in your life, and having sex is one of them. It's a great stress relief. Practice safe sex and have sex. Practice safe sex. While having sex, my advice, especially as we come out of the quarantine. I like that. Yes. <laughs> as long as it's consensual, I put the stamp on that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes. Um, I'd, I'd like to think we wouldn't need to clarify that. But listen, no. just covering our backs here now. Uh, happy That's days. Right. Well, well, listen, uh, I suppose a good, sound, uh, solid piece of advice there from, <laughs> from yourself, Dr. Wider, which hopefully, you know, if you're listening to this now, um, you can adhere to that and maybe plan on sticking to, to that kind of regime moving forward, which is good. Put it in your Google advice. calendar. Right, yeah. you can yeah, schedule yeah, it yeah. in your Google Calendar. Yeah, uh, make sure you just add the correct email addresses for people. Otherwise, that might be an awkward situation. Going, mm, whoopsie! Uh, I didn't schedule having That's sex right. with you later on. Uh, where can people get you online, Doctor Wider? You can catch me at, at Doctor Wider across social media. Thanks, guys. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. It's Cormac and Sir here on FM 104. Still to come on the show, Venus Trophobia.
Venustrophobia. It's a certain type of phobia. But of what? Any ideas? Drop us a, a WhatsApp and let us know. We're going to be talking to a, a psychologist a little bit later on. It generally only affects men. I say uh, m- more than average most of the time. The majority of the time, this will only affect you if you are a man. Venustrophobia. I'm going to be talking to her. She'll explain a little bit about it later on. I'll explain exactly what it is to you later on. Next, though, apparently eating this on a daily basis will make you thinner than somebody who doesn't eat it on a daily basis. And it's absolutely phenomenally good news if you've been trying to shed a few pounds and maintain your weight during quarantine. That's on the way. Next. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Uh, Cormac and Sergio here. If you missed any of the shows, you want to listen back to the full shows uninterrupted and get all of the features and interviews that we have, you can get that up on the Room 104 podcast on all of the usual podcast places that uh, that you use on a daily basis. A couple of messages in here now. Um, apparently, turns out smelling an apple can help if you're claustrophobic because it will change your perception of the space you are in and make you feel as if you have a little bit more room than possible, uh, which sounds insane and mad. Apples and cucumber smell like fresh grass. Do they? Fresh grass. Nicola, what kind of apples are you eating or what kind of grass do you have? Yeah. I don't think I would have smelled fresh grass from that. And I do love the smell of fresh grass. Hate it. Absolutely hate it because my allergies flare up and I'm like, oh my God, in a heat, in a hole. To someone like me, it's it's so relaxing and lovely. But to someone who has allergies, I'd say it's probably the worst smell of all time. Ever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I love uh, I love the smell of fresh grass, but I wouldn't have put a- apples and cucumbers in that um, category at all. Well, well unless, um, Nicola, you're living in an orchard and just yeah. everything smells absolutely phenomenally amazing. Uh, thanks well, that for that, would though. That be nice, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, a few other ones that says, I can't read out there now. But anyway, um, this, is go- this is good news now. If, if you're trying to be quote-unquote good during quarantine, if you have been uh, trying to stay fit, healthy and fit and not pack on the pounds while we're literally not moving at all, and it's so easy to do because I think we forget how little movement you do at home when you're working from home, back in the office or if you're out on, on the side or wherever it is, uh, or even if you were going into college, you know, you might have been walking around kilometres a day and now you're yep. doing like four steps. You're doing no steps, let's be honest. Unless you actually yeah. go out and physically exercise, especially for me, I'm in an apartment, I have no reason to be going up and down stairs, really. So, no. you know, my bedroom is next door to the kitchen. So <laughs> there's not much walking I'm doing. Uh, and yeah. I've noticed that because my trousers are getting much tighter. It's a bit awkward, actually. Um, but again, I'm Are you going I'm through doing... another seven pairs of Freddie jeans? Now, come on, sir. Should we so have what? this problem I before the lockdown? Just, there's no point in buying Freddie jeans during lockdown. <laughs> yeah. There's no point in trying to rip them. Pants for myself like yeah. uh, but I'm doing things I'd never usually do like I had a crisp sandwich last night at 2 in the morning there was no need for it I wasn't even hungry but I was like look hunky dories are there and I love the heel of the bread the heel of the bread was there and I was like you know what I'm going to have a crisp sandwich after having a spaghetti bolognese and a bar of galaxy, galaxy chocolate and finished it off with that you know and some biscuits with my tea. Part of, your, part of your five a day. Listen, don't worry about the official health guidelines that are out there. Part of your five a day, you need to load up on five various different types of, of chocolate. Um, and well, I wouldn't say that on. now, right? So there, there was a study done that has suggested that people who eat chocolate regularly are actually thinner than those who don't. This is some sort of go, voodoo uh, witchcraft science that you're talking about now. It's not... And it actually makes a lot of sense. So the study was done in San Diego and um, it's basically talking about the fact that if you do eat a little bit of chocolate, now don't go overboard every single day. 
you're not going to get a craving for other fatty foods. So they're saying that people who they've they looked at 2,000 adults, men and women, and they found the exact same between both of them. Those who ate a little bit of chocolate every day, like a bar of chocolate every day or every second day, weren't craving fatty foods. So those who don't, so say if you decided, no, I'm not going to eat that bar of chocolate, you might then go and have cream cheese on crackers or something like that. Something that's probably more calories than the chocolate that you are refusing to have. So it's this kind of mental... Thing that we have chocolate is fat it's not well excess calories is what makes you fat you could have a diet exactly. of ice cream if you say it under but you say there was an important word or phrase that you said in there now which I, I don't know if someone will be able to latch on and do that properly because you said you know you just might have the one bar of chocolate and that would be it and if you just have one each day you see I would have a packet of chocolate bars every single day I can't just I nibble have. on one every single day so if I was to grant myself a license and listen to this and go I have chocolate every single day I would be shoveling food and just hoovering up everything chocolate I could get my hands on yeah no so would I and obviously they don't mean eating anything in excess and chocolate being one of them but they said they found that adults who ate chocolate on more days a week had lower body mass index and lower weight than those who ate chocolate less frequently. Because I'm literally after just eating a whisper during that last song. A small little multi-packet whisper there now. So I'm going to have to make this now a part of my daily routine and my daily diet is to, you know, chocolate it up. But you know what's interesting? They actually said that those who ate the chocolate more often did not eat fewer calories. So people might go, oh, well, they probably were eating, you know, less calories if they were thinner. They weren't. Yeah. They were eating the same amount of calories that someone who wasn't eating the chocolate would have had in a day. But they turn, it Just turned out... Just happier with life. Yeah, pretty much. Now, this is really interesting. So, obviously, we know that there's um, antioxidants in chocolate. And I know they're talking about dark chocolate mainly that it has... Um, is it flavonoids? Whatever, that's really good for you anyway. Um, but it goes for any chocolate at all. But it said especially dark chocolate that it obviously lowers your blood pressure, your cholesterol... And in turn, fills you up slightly. Oh, so it'll fill nice. you up probably more than uh, maybe another food that you might eat at night. Like crackers and cheese. It's so easy to eat that. And if you were to have a Wispa, you're probably taking in far less calories. See, what's just going to happen is I'm just going to wind up eating crackers, cheese and the Wispa. <laughs> Same. And the packet I'm of like, biscuits and the custard creams and the bourbons and, yeah. and the seven bowls of cereal. I know, that's the thing. But look, isn't it nice to know that you don't have to avoid chocolate? To be the message thin. is clear this evening, okay? Add a bar of chocolate into your diet every single day, regardless of what you're doing. All right, don't try to be yeah. good. Don't try to be nice. Don't try to be, ah, you know what, I'm just being blah, blah, blah. Because I think, you know, there's only so long you can go with uh, hating eating chicken and broccoli. You're going you're, you're gonna to snap eventually, I think. I don't think I've eaten broccoli in, I'd say, it's probably since Christmas Day. Mm. Honestly, I haven't eaten any fruit or veg. I keep buying yeah, you're blueberries going, you're and going strawberries. To, you're going to get, oh, okay, I was going to say, you're going to get scurvy, Saoirse, if you continue on with that. You'll be like a, a sailor going over on a famine <laughs> ship in the 1800s. I'm like, Saoirse, we thought we eradicated this. No, no. Uh, look, Gout I eat eggs. Scurvy. They're good, aren't they? <laughs> Vitamins and eggs, I think. Yeah, you need, but yeah, yeah, you need some fruit and veg. veg. Hmm? You need some fruit and veg now. You're literally going to die from the inside out. Look, I'll be thin, won't I, if I'm eating my chocolate, like I am. <laughs> Forget about the broccoli. There you go. Yeah, no, but um, it's good news for, for chocolate lovers. Um, regular chocolate is good for you. So I get, I get all my exercise and work, walk about 16 to 20 kilometres a day on a 12-hour shift. Alan, yeah. 
What do you do, Alan? Alan, are you like a, a postman? Oh yeah, a postman would be walking around. Although you could be are cycling. You working a, could be cycling, you could be in a warehouse. That's insane. Sixteen to twenty kilometers a day. You must be able to eat loads of food, Alan. I'm very, very jealous. Oh, Alan, Alan's in security. Oh. Where would you be going if you're working security? Would you not just... You've got to chase after the young lads on bikes trying to break in. But how many people are breaking in every day? Oh, it's just loads. Sure, they're out of school. They've nothing to be doing. Where are the parents? That's what I want to know. Alan, we're talking hypothetical situations in your in your security... Um, in your, in your security well, lifestyle. For people like us who don't move... Slobs. ...for eight hours. Yeah, literally slobs. Like, we can't get away with this. All this eating that we're doing. No, I know. And do you know what? We, we, I, I wouldn't do this, but uh, we should become really pretentious vegan snobs, right? And we should go back in and demand that they put in a standing desk into the studio with a treadmill so that we can walk while we're doing the show. That would be lovely. But when we do, do you know arrive back in the studio, we're not even allowed to be in the same studio. Well, then they're going to have to build you a separate one. They're going to have to build me a separate one. Yeah. There you go. You can have it all so feng shui I'll have my own treadmill. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And we'll say it's for our physical and mental health and they don't do it. We're but of course, once we have our chocolate bar, though, we'll be skinny anyways. <laughs> if they go, listen, how about just a packet of chocolate every week? Yeah, you know what? You can give us that, no problem. Have Gladly accept. Um, yeah, lovely. Well, so, so there you go. Um, some good news on the uh, trying to stay fit and healthy. Don't, don't cut out everything because apparently if you have chocolate every day, the main, take, the main take home point from this, just forget everything else that we said. Just listen to the fact that we said chocolate every day. Yes. I think that's what most people want. That's what they want. Okay. Chocolate every day. <laughs> and a sneeze. There you go. Yeah. But it, it, I found it hear. interesting. They actually said... Oh, yeah. Despite the fact... Our Jesus down. Despite the fact that those who ate chocolate more often did not eat fewer calories, they actually ate more calories, including more saturated fat. So people who don't eat chocolate are actually eating more. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Nor did they exercise more. So, so again, eat chocolate every day. Eat chocolate That's the only, every the only bullet point from this main presentation. Yes. Thank you. 
FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. It is Cormac and Saoirse here on uh, FM 104. Um, and have you gotten yourself a face mask yet, Saoirse? I have a face mask, yeah. I've got one in the car that I'd wear to Tesco. Yeah, you see, I was, um, yeah, I suppose I was a little bit, not bold or bad, but kind of like I said, the majority of people. Uh, I only recently got a face mask. As we just probably saw the, the videos there, I would say still 90% of people are, are going out and doing shopping with, without a face mask. Obviously, one of the reasons you might be saying is that, well, no one really knew what the crack was, the official the official line. What was the official line from the government on guidelines around wearing the masks, right? And um, it, it has been a little bit confusing. And since the start of this thing, you've probably turned on the TV one day and have been like, we don't recommend wearing face masks. And then another day where they're like, we, we really recommend that people should start wearing face masks. So it has been a, a little bit confusing. But um, finally got one there um the other day to wear down to wear down to the shops and i think once you get over the initial uh awkwardness of it yeah it's kind of awkward when you wear it first like i put it on first and didn't realize i was i hadn't covered my nose Mm. so i had it over my my mouth and uh yes someone had to tell me uh, you got to put it over your nose as well there so it's the same one who told you about your gray hairs no, unfortunately it wasn't. It probably would have been better if it was the same person. Then I could just run away. But um, no, it wasn't. But they are advising that you do wear them in public places if you can. Yeah, so... But the, no, the, I was going to say on that, you can get cool ones. You can get like uh, funky ones. You know, with pictures and cartoons on them and stuff. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to go through a global pandemic, you might as well look good while you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But um, no, the the kind of the outlines here. If you were a little bit confused, as again as was I, and as was I think the majority of people in in the country uh, for the last while. Apparently, here's when you should be wearing your face mask. All right, when staying two meters apart from people is difficult. For example, in shops, shopping centres, or public transport. Um, by visiting the, when you're visiting someone who might be cocooning, so maybe a parent or grandparent, uh, or if you're going to a nursing home, and then if you are going to visit people who are. Uh, oh, sorry, if if you are in your home and someone is visiting you and you're cocooning, you should wear them. So it's generally just doing the shopping and stuff. I wonder, though, because you might have seen this as well, uh, Ben Dunn has announced their reopening plans. So has Westwood uh, gyms. I think a lot of the big chains, I don't know about FlyFit or any of the other ones, I haven't seen them, but all the main gyms are now releasing plans to open back up and all the measures that'll be in place. Uh, and now I don't think you will be able to, but it seems as if it would be impossible to exercise wearing one of these face masks. Yeah, I can imagine it would be very restrictive because that's what I find, that obviously it's trying to get used to it. But the heat outside today, you know when it's really clammy and yeah. you're wearing one of those face masks, it is actually kind of draining in, in a way. But, but you, you can't, I don't think you can really take a full proper breath in without getting no, half the mask sucked into your mouth and you're just kind of oh, good God. You definitely... I think you would definitely find it very hard to to be using one of them in the gyms. They'd have to come up with some other way of of distancing you from the person beside you. Yeah. So I'm just looking here. Ben Dunn has said announced the 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 Blanchestown gym is going to be opened. It's going to be opened in the next couple of weeks. West Westwood will be opened. I think at the end of uh, in, in July as well. It was meant to be August, but they've kind of moved it back. Um. And a few other places. If you know when your gym is open, do, do let us know. But it'll just be it'll be interesting to see how it works because I think <clears throat> I think in Dublin anyway, when this, this all goes away, I say a lot more people will wind up just wearing 
um, face masks anyway because the city, the city centre traffic, traffic can be horrible at the best of times. You know what the fumes? Because the people in, in Japan and, and Asia were doing it as well because they were obviously on top of each other. But um, yeah. it, it'll just be interesting to see what the crack is with the gyms and how they're able to manage it. And then I just feel so uncomfortable wearing a mask if you have to be all like out of breath. If you're doing like sprints or if you're doing some sort of, uh, you know, boot camp or, or and you're blowing out your backside and you're trying to get a, a gasp in a very you're not going to be able to use a uh, face mask. There's no way you could wear masks in a gym. There's no way. They couldn't enforce that at all because um, you know, for people obviously when you're wearing a mask usually you're not doing exercise. You're not out of breath. Per yeah. se. So it, it couldn't. People would be fainting all over the place. Could you imagine? <laughs> you're like, oh God. Yeah. Uh, so, so Westwood here, let's see. They're going to be open on the 20th of July. So the Westwood gyms are going to be open then. Um, they haven't announced what the protocols will be, but I imagine oh, it's it'll be completely strict. different. Yeah. Some of the ones they in Europe which have reopened as well, they've reopened, instead of reopening nightclubs over in Holland as well, I don't know if you saw this, but they're like socially distant nightclubs. You're going to have to sit down in a little square on a dance floor in the dark with the strobe lights and there's a DJ playing and you're just sitting there tapping your foot going, well, this is lovely now, this is great. Oh no, you see the thing about that is I'd just rather stay at home. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't imagine going somewhere and not being allowed to be near other people and talking. You know, talking mm. to strangers, that's what I do best. Well, at least you won't have any weird lad strangers who come up and make awkward comments to you while you're in the gym. No, but I also can't be like a girl in the nightclub on the dance floor. Oh, <laughs> or in the you bathroom. Know, slut dropping. I yeah. love your hair. And then as soon as exactly. she's gone, she's a bitch. Yeah, you know the way like girls do that. You go on a night out and you're you're in a cubicle with ten other girls and they're all taking turns. <laughs> that's that's the end of that. The solidarity from that has absolutely gone. Um, yes. Yeah, but listen, they, if you're missing your gym, by the way, um, they're looking to be open slightly sooner rather than later. Especially the main ones, Westwood and and Ben Dunn's seem to be kind of opening up as well. I don't really know what the story is, but Flyfit or any of the other gyms, if you know. Do give us a shout, we'll give it a mention, because anything to get you out of the house. Like, working from this working from home malarkey would have been a million times better if the gyms were open so you could sit in the jacuzzi in the afternoon and pretend as if you were working. Uh, and also, if obviously, the restaurants, cafes and pubs were open. But sooner rather than later, um, we'll, we'll be getting there. On the way shortly, uh, venus trophobia. Venus trophobia, it generally only affects men or would affect far more men than women. Any ideas? It's nothing to do with the planet Venus. But what's associated with Venus and what might lads have a phobia of? 0876797104. We'll be talking about that a little bit after 11 with music from uh, Ed Sheeran and Gavin James on the way short. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Uh, good evening. It's Cormac and Sir here. Get in touch. Let us know what you're up to of a Monday evening. It's Monday, June the 15th. And I'm like, oh, good God. Hi. Half of the year is gone. Um, but hopefully we're, we're over the worst of it. Uh, body dynamics in Santry are open, but it's outdoor training at the moment. That comes in from Mary in Santry. Mary, thank you for that. I know of a couple of other places that are uh, just kind of back to doing outdoor ones and boot camp ones, and a lot of gyms are obviously doing online Zoom training classes and stuff. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that. Another quick message in from Keith. Oh, yeah, Keith, thanks for this as well. No deaths today, 18 new cases. Very good sign, yeah. Thank yeah, God, uh, heading heading in the right directions. Fingers crossed we don't see a spike from certain large public gatherings that were held uh, last weekend. Um, you know, that's the only risk I think people are worried about a little bit now. So listen, fingers crossed that'll be all right. Um, I ordered a mask today with some kind of air vent on it. Yeah, there's kind of different types of masks. You see the, the, the cotton f- or the fabric masks, and then you see the more, the baney masks, you know, the ones that go over and mm. go, 
Mr. Wolf. And then, you know, I have one have a, of those ones that are like the painter's masks that I got online. Oh, like a proper one with the covers all of your nose and the white thing and, the, yeah. and it has a little filter in it. Yeah, I have one of them. Oh, fancy now, my God. Yeah, yeah. I ordered it ages ago because I was just going, just in case it gets really bad and I need one. So, yeah, it's been handy. Um, yeah, listen, fm104.ie has a full list of the new kind of uh, specific outlines from the government with regards to when you should be wearing your mask and when you should not be wearing your mask. You should be wearing it basically when it's difficult to be socially distanced from people. So in public places like shopping centres, if you're queuing up for a coffee, if you're in a, in a supermarket, if you're in those the public transport, I suppose, being the main one. Because now that people are, you might be kind of going back to work. Everyone's going to be getting a little bit more nervous about that. Um so obviously a mask there would be ideal one to help you stop spreading it, but two obviously to pick it up. And I think, yeah, I think to just more people, this is going to be like a, a worldwide thing. They're, they're doing, do you know what I thought was, I think this is gack though, right? Um, herself was looking, you know, she has to buy herself a fancy dress because that's apparently the, the the biggest ordeal of a whole wedding thing. They're doing, oh God, yeah. they're doing bridal masks. No, they're not. They are doing actual bridal masks that are part of the whole dress buying process where you know you get your dress you'll get a veil and they're actually white designed masks <gasps> if people are really self-conscious can you imagine that is she going to get one no she's not <laughs> so she doesn't have to kiss you at the top of the altar oh damn it yeah i didn't even think of that i'll be like <laughs> you could get matching ones his and hers oh that'll be lovely look it will be different unique <laughs> you know wouldn't have to get the teeth done either, yeah. Those, they won't have those pictures. You don't hear your teeth on them. Imagine those can, you, can you imagine how terrifying that would be? You just look like, I don't know, you were taken hostage somewhere. Or you're, um, it would actually be like something from Prometheus or something. It would it'd be really weird. Looking. Yeah. But, the, but look, yeah, I mean, if it helps, if it makes you feel better, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Very I can't strange. see anyone, I can't see any, any bride buying a mask. For their wedding. No, I must ask now, my sisters actually. Now, They're unless you both getting married next year. Yeah, now, unless the wedding was like in the next couple of weeks where we're still kind of a little bit freaky. Yeah. But like in a year's time, if you're getting married next year, I'm going to hope to pray that COVID has decided to retire. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and, and it's pissed off, so you can't. Just the photos would be horrific, wouldn't it? Everyone in your wedding oh, party with a big mask on. Imagine everyone had a mask. You've just got me thinking about that. <laughs> imagine that was the norm. Yeah. Oh, I hope it's never the norm. I think I, it will I'm be still the norm not even used to it. Public transport. I think it will be the norm on public transport um, uh, for for the next for the foreseeable future. Just one because yeah. I said the the, the the air quality in Dublin isn't the greatest when it's obviously full of cars anywhere in any city. Um, and then uh, people, I think, will be a little bit more hypochondriac and a little bit more concerned about germs and all that. So mm-hmm. I think, and that'll probably help as well. I'd imagine that'll help to spread the disease because nothing worse than when you're on the Lewis and it's. You know, Christmas time and it's busy and everyone is just wedged and you're literally either in someone's armpit or someone's face is in there and they can't even cover their because they're holding on to the rails so they don't fall over. They just start coughing on you and you like feel them on the back of your neck coughing. You're like, oh, disgusting. That's the thing nowadays we forget because obviously all of this horrible COVID has happened. We're all so conscious of people coughing and sneezing. You know, you just don't do it now. And people are more conscious of washing their hands, which is amazing in the grand scheme of things, isn't it? That you're well, probably should, not going to have people coughing all over you on a Lewis. 
Because, yeah, now, speaking of the loose, I haven't been in to town um, in a while. We haven't been into work. There's a loose stop right outside the building. But have they put hand sanitizers on the loose? Can anyone I don't tell know. Me? I haven't been on any public transport uh, since before lockdown. Because that would seem like the, the ideal place to put hand sanitizers, hand sanitizers gel. Do they have it on the loose? Yeah. If you've been on the loose in the last couple of, in the last week or so, well, let us know what the crack is. Anything at the stops or, or on the buses either, by the way, or the trains. Well, uh, they're brilliant in all the shops now in town, like in Arnett's and everywhere, they have hand sanitizer once you walk in, which is great. So they, kind they of should put up those. You to, to do that. You know the... Um, you know when you're coming out of uh, Dublin Airport, right, and you're walking through the customs thing and you have to walk through the weird thing with the electronic doors. You know, it's it just, I don't know what it's scanning you, but you've gone through passport control, you've picked up your bag, and then the last thing you have to walk through before you get out and out into the departures or the arrivals lounge. <clears throat> mm. You know the weird thing you, you walk through and it has the double doors and it's like, okay, yeah. none or EU people walk through. They p- could put something like that in, but like from a hazmat centre or, you know, that, that, that like disinfects you as you're walking through it. That'd be brilliant, blows all the actually. air around. So when you're going into a shop next time, you won't need a mask or anything. You'll just be sprayed with some disinfectant and, and be cleaned off and then you can go in and not have to worry. So it'll be like a little yeah. clean room going in. I wonder if that, that would probably be very costly, though. That's ah, yeah, but sure, look. The whole thing is costs billions. What's another few hundred billion on top of it? It's fine. True. Yeah. I mean, I'd be game for that over the masks, but I don't know if it would work better. Yeah. It, maybe it wouldn't work as well. Um, but they, they do say the masks do work and uh, yeah we should definitely be wearing them in public places so if you are going around your, town uh, popping into pennies wear your mask FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long Cormac and Saoirse here on Room 104 still to come Venus Trophobia very complicated convoluted word it's an actual thing it affects more men than it would affect women it's a fear of what venus trophobia we'll be talking to uh, somebody who can explain a little bit more about that in just a few uh, thanks to alan for the message in alan has said no sanitizers on the buses at near nobody wearing masks but there's only uh, there's only a few usable seats to maintain social distancing yeah the, like the buses Every second seat is gone, isn't it? So I don't even, you're probably only able... How many people can you have downstairs and upstairs on a bus now that the situation is the way it is? Oh, yeah. And if everyone starts going back to work, how's that going to work? Because it's... The, the bus is at the best time. If you're at the... If you're at the first stop of your bus, you're usually grand. But then, like, the second, third, fourth, especially in the mornings, there's not a hope in hell of you... Uh, getting a seat on the bus in normal times, regardless of now trying to have to be socially distant on a bus. So, Well, they did say anyone that can work from home should continue to work from home um, so that that does not happen, that there's going to be crowds on the bus. If you can work from home, stay working from home.